Hello and welcome to episode 16 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. It's another post-game podcast, I'm sure you can tell, I'm sure you can hear the air conditioning at BC Place in the background, as we always like to mention, just to, to give you a heads up in case you wonder what all the background noise is. I'm your host, Michael McCall, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Steve Pander. Hey Michael, how's it going? It's going as, as well as it could be after watching the Whitecaps lose 1-0 to Philadelphia Union. Second defeat in a row now for the Whitecaps, having gone six games and beaten before that. So Steve, what's your overall thoughts on the game? Before we get into the nitty gritty, just your general overall thoughts. I thought it was a better performance uh, than the week before uh, against LA. They, they showed more jump. Uh, obviously they weren't able to finish their chances, but they showed, showed way more jump and more attack in, in their game. And despite being a man down, so it was it, it, it was hard luck for them to give up that late goal. But I thought it was a better performance overall. Now we didn't do a, a podcast last week, so let's just briefly touch on the LA game. So what did you make of the of the LA game, especially the complete lack of influence of the midfield? I, I thought it was surprising. I was and and the the real surprising part was after Renny after the game saying he thought the midfield actually played well. Uh, I'm not sure which game he. I'm sure he was just trying to put on a. A positive spin on everything but I thought it was like I think the, the midfield barely even touched the ball so it would just be uh, tossed over them in order to get a void from the LA midfield that completely dominated the game they showed very little it was very few touches for up front for the three two by Miller Tybert and Camilo they, they just didn't get on the ball at all so it was very surprising to see them go down to LA and against their very undermanned squad too and, and see them go come up with a defeat. It, it was really disappointing. It was a deserved defeat, and it could really have been a lot more than 2-1. Now, you're talking about things that surprised you in LA. The thing that surprised me today was that Martin Rennie went for an unchanged lineup. Did Did you see that happening? I thought there might be a few changes here and there. I thought that, uh, especially with... Uh, I, well, Andy Bryan was slated to return, but I think something happened during training where he re-aggravated something, so that was out. Usted, there was a chance he was going to come in. And I thought Manny deserved a shot. I know he's still young and they still want to work him slowly into the and lineup. Still, but I thought, it's Ramadan as well. So. Yeah, I thought I thought he would. I thought he might see something into the lineup. And he did obviously come out at halftime and, and actually really came, was influential in a couple of really missed chances on the last couple of goals. I, I was stunned. When I, when I saw it was an unchanged lineup, I, I really just couldn't believe it. Before I give give my thoughts on on the unchanged lineup, I asked Martin Rennie that in the post game press conference. What was it that made him go with the same lineup after the defeat in LA? Here's what he had to say. Well, we've been on the best form in, in Major League Soccer with that lineup, and you know we've been playing well. We've been uh, winning a lot of games, especially at home. So we we felt it was right to stick with the, the same players, and um, for the most part, I thought that they they, they did did well for us again today. I just think that um, because we'd lost to, to LA, you don't want to necessarily just change the whole thing. We've been doing very well, so it makes sense to to give those players another chance. And you know, I think that was that was the right decision. So Martin Rennie's view from that is that the the team against LA that they'd been playing well, they had had a blip, and they deserved a chance to, to prove themselves. I disagree with that. I think today was a great chance to, to make some changes. You're playing Eastern Conference opposition, albeit some strong Eastern Conference opposition. I really thought, although Brad Knight and hadn't done much wrong, I thought that Osted would, would 
get the place in the net because he's going to make the change sooner rather than later as soon as Brad Knight has a bad game and if he'd had a bad game tonight which he had a few shaky moments but he wasn't bad you can't then make that change going into Portland for a for a big Cascadia Cup clash I also thought that June Marcus Davidson because I can't believe he wasn't suspended last week after that horrendous tackle that he did in, in the LA game. I think he, he deserved a suspended, suspension for that. It would have and, saved him from going a man down if he was suspended. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I thought he would be rested tonight because for a home game, I thought he was going to maybe be vital next week to kind of play that holding midfield role. I'm, I'm not down on, on Davidson like so many other people are. I think he has a great place in this team and he's a vital part of the part of the team on the road and I thought next week was going to be really important to have him back there and I thought he would be rested and we'd see Rio Coker back playing the DM role tonight with Manny coming in now of course Davison starts seventh eighth minute of the game red mist comes down red card goes up the whole game changer yeah and it was and people might want to complain about Davidson getting the red card in, in my point of view it was well deserved if he had just shoved him with his arms or legs, or, I mean, sort of shoved him with his arms and pushed him in the back, that would have been a different thing, maybe a yellow card. But to use your head as a weapon when you've seen it in the past where if you headbutt somebody, whether it's in the head, in the chest, like Zidane did in the World Cup, people are going to pull out the red card. Yeah, the red card, it was completely deserved. No questions about it at all. Do you think Daniel should maybe have gone it as well, or was was he looking just enough? I think he could have, but I don't think that the referee saw it. And normally in those kind of situations, the referee always goes to the, after the retaliator. It could have easily been two red cards, but obviously that when you see somebody headbutting somebody in the back, that maybe supersedes something, and they just wants to give an advantage to the team that the, the give a disadvantage to the player that did the worst out of the damage. I, I, I agree. It's like Daniel shouldn't have gone. Uh, I don't think he meant to, to make contact. I'd have to maybe see it again in slow, but I think any contact was just kind of accidental. He did take a, a, a swipe when he was trying to get the ball, but to me that's football. I like to see players going in hard. And if June Marcus Davidson cannot accept players going in hard against him and physical challenges like that, he shouldn't be in this league. Because that's how football is meant to be played. Well, it you shouldn't need to be go in, tough. in the game at all, in any league, because every league, play, the players play like that. He's seen it. He's been here for almost a year and a half. And the thing is, is there was no reason for him to retaliate right away. If he wants to retaliate, maybe do something, a hard tackle on him later on in the game. Exactly. And, and you got to keep your cool at that point and let the referee make a decision. Maybe he would have got a red card if there wasn't that superseding headbutt in the back. You never well, know. he went down clutching his head and then seconds later he's up, his head's fine yeah. and then he, he puts that very like, damaged head into the It was like the, the back, slap so. in the face in the TFC game yeah. last year. So after the game, Davison, to his credit, he held his hands up. He said, I reacted wrong. I just want to apologise to all the players and I want to apologise to all the fans and supporters. Then he said he wants to come back to training and gain the respect from the team and the fans. Do you think, with what we saw today and the fact that a lot of people have been really critical of his play, is he going to find it difficult to get back into the team? I don't know. Um, That's the other thing. Is if something happened last year, remember when he just lost his spot and I don't know if it was disciplinary or something like that. Uh, maybe this is something that does uh, be the final nail in the coffin unless there's an injury that he doesn't see that uh, the starting 11 anymore and they 
move on. As we know, O'Brien is coming back soon. Um, Demerit's coming closer to hell, so maybe he Leveron takes that spot in the holding spot, or maybe Rio Hooker does move back and they see Kobayashi or Mane seeing more of the starting eleven. Well, it's certainly something we've talked about before in the podcast, and I've written about it in the blog. I I, I do see Leveron's future with the Whitecaps in a DM role when you have a Demerit and an O'Brien in a healthy partnership. So a lot of people say about Leveron being in the DM role that he's not the f- quickest, but I don't. I don't think you need to be quick in order to play the holding midfielder. You need to be more... I mean, you don't need to be spacey. You need to be more quick and on the ball and smart with a, the ball. You ha- yeah, you have to have good footwork and you have to be good at tackling. And to me, from what we've seen so far, Leveron has done that. Like, Davidson's not the fastest guy in the, on the pitch for no. sure. Now, after the game as well, Martin Ray, his, his comment on Davidson was he reacted in a way that he shouldn't have. He made a mistake. And ultimately, we paid the price for that. And the Whitecaps certainly did. They had to hold on for 82 minutes and stoppage time against a really strong Philadelphia Union side. It was always going to be hard, but they did, they did well. No, I thought they did really well. Like we said at the beginning, the overall thoughts and everything. They pressed forward and tried to get that goal. Manny's hit off the post. Um, that was close. And then they... The, the last chance by Camilo just before the goal was scored where he was sent in free by Kofi. Yeah. And I, I guess he didn't see him, but to his left was right there was Kakuta Mane all open basically. He just had to, he just had to square it to him and it would have been, it could have been an easy tap in. And uh, Zach, but he shot it right at McMath's uh, chest and it was just yeah. basically nothing. That, that's the thing, like a striker that's in as much form as Camillo, he's not going to look for the pass. He's always. But sometimes always you do got to look for that, I guess. Uh, but the, that, that's the difference between him and Miller. Miller yeah. would have made that pass yeah. because Miller isn't. Has, I mean, Camillo's 24. Miller's in his 30s, 10 yeah. years on him, and it's like he's got that experience. He knows to look up. He knows for those passes. You just got to have, but even no matter where you are, the striker, you can't have tunnel vision, and you just got to have your head up a little bit sometimes to know that, that you got a keeper that makes these kind of saves and like shuts the door down and has, plays good angles and everything like that. And just got to see that little bit of Mane at the corner of his eye, and it would have been a goal. So we've discussed a lot of the lows today. What highs would you see? I mean, what can what positives can you take from this game? Oh, I thought once again the back line, although they gave up that leg goal, really played well. Uh, Rusin uh, really got into a few tackles there and saved a couple of chances that I could have gone the wrong way. Really good. Um, he hurt himself though, uh, and and uh, Mitchell like had it's to come a, on. a hip contusion, extender thing, whatever you call those yeah. things. So. Uh, he hopes that he's going to be good to go for Portland. Yeah, and uh, Mitchell came on. I don't. I can't. I can't remember the goal that Mitchell had something to do with that. But it's very hard for a central defender to come on as a sub. Well, as hope, hope not was going through, and he kind of tried to play a pass, yeah. which Mitchell cut out, and yeah. then it deflected. It was a back heel to, pass, to Feeler, and then Feeler back heeled yeah. it back into Hope not, and then yeah, it was, it was just Lovely one of those. It was just one. I don't think it would have made a difference whether they were a ten man down or eleven a full starting eleven on that goal. I don't think there would have been a difference if there was a holding midfielder back there. I think the Whitecaps deserved to get a point out of it. It was a it was a bad way for their unbeaten at home record to go. And it, actually, let's just digress from that. Something that's bothered me, and I was going to mention this last week, and when we did the last podcast. The hashtag that they went with, unbeaten at home, that is just asking for teams to go out and kind of give two fingers up to the Whitecaps and go, hey, look, 
you think you're unbeaten at home, we've just beaten that record. I, I really didn't like the fact that they were marketing the whole unbeaten at home yeah. thing. And now it's gone. This kind of seems like a jinx. So, two defeats in a row now. Are you concerned? Not concerned in the fact that they, the way they, they responded from the red card. I am The more concerning game was the week before in LA. Um, so, I'm not overly concerned right now. It was a two-game slide right now. But it is going to be hard to go into Portland and pick up those three points. So that if they lose three in a row, that's going to be an issue. Well, you, you know all season I've been going on in the podcast that I don't think the squad has what it takes to go deep in the playoffs. I didn't at one point think it was good enough to even make the playoffs. I'm on, still on the fence with that. It's such a tight division. But my biggest concern is still in the midfield. And we're going to see that next week. Such costly absences now. You've got June Marcus Davidson suspended for the red card. You've got Gershon Coffey suspended for getting another yellow card and for yellow card accumulation. What did, what did you make of Coffey's booking? I thought it was initially for a blatant dive, which it was, but apparently it was for handball. Yeah, it was. A, I, I don't. I, I think he was just trying to make it look like he was ready to accept a foul or whatever, and he just wanted to grab the ball and take it to the penalty spot. It seemed like uh, when he grabbed the ball there, it was just un, completely unnecessary. And I think it's just a lack of maturity on his part to even do that. I, I, and I'm, I'm sorry, I don't even see a reason to give. Honestly, I, you like you said, it was more for a dive. It should have been yeah. the yellow. I don't even see why you would give a a card for somebody when a foul is called and they put a, their hand on the ball. You could easily say that he was just trying to grab, get up and he accidentally grabbed it. Yeah, and, and like, no matter what, he should have been booked because he should have been booked for simulation because to me, the way he went down, he did go down looking for a penalty. So those two guys are out next week. How do you how do you deal with that? I mean, how do you see the midfield looking? Now? Well, I obviously we got now. This all depends on if O'Brien is ready to go. If O'Brien is ready to go, I would put him into the starting eleven um, alongside Rusin. Uh, move Lebron into the holding spot, and then have Rio Coker maybe with Tybert or Kobayashi in the in the midfield. And then if Tybert's in the midfield, then move Mane up to the wing. I think we have to see Kobayashi back. I don't want to see him back because I, I just don't think he has what it what we're needing just now. I don't think he has to, what it takes to make it an MLS. But our options, basically our midfield options are Matt Watson, Kobayashi, bringing Tiber back, playing someone else up front. Tiber hasn't looked the same since he's come back from the Gold Cup from when he went away. And that's a bit worrying to me. It's going to take a little bit of time, I think, for them to the three of those guys to get the chemistry going again. And that's if Kenny Miller is okay. Yeah, you got him off with What if he doesn't injury. come off? That that would really put them in a strong, especially with Maddox now out as well with his injury, with his knee surgery. So it's going to be a, it's almost like lean times again for the Whitecaps with injuries. Yeah, I mean, we could even see Corey Herzog in next week. Maybe Tommy Heineman's going to come in. He's her too. That's why oh, I was in the 18. Yeah, because yeah, he was signing autographs today. Yeah. It's it's tough. I mean, do you think... this? this still the transfer window's open, so Martin Rennie still has the chance to bring somebody in. Do you think he's going to bring him in? in the, I don't see them bringing attackers in. I think it's the same thing as the mid... The, 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 bringing in a couple defenders and who can possibly... A defender who can possibly play the midfield as well. We, we definitely have to get a new midfielder. And... I know this isn't a popular thing to say, but I I don't think that Gershon Kofi, the way that he plays, I don't think we should be relying so much on him in the midfield. I would drop him if we could sign a much better attack-minded, 
and more consistent midfielder. Well, I think if you have an attacking midfielder, then you wouldn't even need him to be play that role. And I think he could play a different role in the midfield along with Rio Coker. You actually drop Davidson. So I think uh, I don't think you need to drop him. I think you need to just find someone that could take on that role, so he doesn't have to perform it as much as he, they're relying on him to do it. I, I've just I've never got everyone's fawning over him. He's a, he's a good player. He has some natural skill. I just don't think he's as good as people make him out to be. Well, the, the, the whole thing about like it seems like whenever anybody does starts doing anything good, all of a sudden they're off to Europe. We've had that all year long. Like even into last year, Kofi's going to Europe. Maddox is going to Europe. Tybert's going to Europe. Oh, uh, Camilo, Camilo's Camilo gone to Europe. Go, yeah. He's gone to Cardiff City or whatever the rumors were last week. Um, it's just like it doesn't it doesn't end here. It seems like everybody when as soon as they start playing with a little bit of form, they're off to Europe. Kenny Miller's gone to Europe to the Rangers right now. He's signed an extension. So it, it seems like that uh, the media, whenever they want to see these guys sold immediately, or the fans, some fans are thinking they're going to be sold immediately. It doesn't happen that easily from going to, from MLS to Europe. It, it, look how many how many guys actually have gone. That not too many. Talking of Camillo. He's going to be heading off now to the All-Star game. There has to be some concerns there, especially with the, the squad being so bare as it is. If he gets injured, we are in so much trouble in Portland. Next well, week. it might actually be a benefit about the Kenny Miller thing. Even if they don't, he's not that injured. I would say if I was Martin Rennie in the organization, I'd play up that injury a little bit more and maybe have them not play Camilo at all saying that we're already down a guy with Kenny Miller. We can't afford to play Camilo. I don't even so, think that would matter because they made the promises last year that Jay Demerit well, was going to play the whole game. Well, they, last year they didn't bring as many defenders. They, they have enough attackers to play. Well, I don't, I don't think Camilo's going to start. Or yeah. on paper, it doesn't look like he should. But then he's the MLS and MLS Well, they usually play... Scorer. The starters usually play at least 60 minutes. There's really anybody that comes off at halftime. So even if he plays 15, 20 minutes, it, it's not that big of a deal. But... Maybe they can play that where, you know, you screwed us over last year. Maybe don't screw us over this year and not play them at all. It's horrible. I, I just wish if they're going to have it, that they have it on a Saturday and then you've got all the time before and after. I would rather them play a midweek game and then play the Ulster game on a weekend. Yeah. Like you said, uh, like and then have a whole week off. a whole week to recover from it. And then to do that. I don't know why they play a midweek Ulster game. No Wells are there. I don't think any other league plays that. So why not play... Play your midweek game. Like, say, play the Portland game on... Although, you know, I don't know if you want to play... Go to travel to Portland on a Wednesday. But play that midweek game. Uh, schedule it for... Uh, like, schedule a midweek game. Play your All-Star game on a Saturday. Full week off. Everybody's recovered by then. The thing with the All-Star game as well, everyone keeps referring to it as, oh, it's the All-Star break. It's not even a break, because it's like they're just going constant. Now, we talked about Kenny Miller as well there. He signed the contract extension for six months. What's your view on that? Do you think that was a good deal for both sides? I think so. I think uh, it, it stops all the rumours obviously happening and now there, there won't be any more Rangers. And Rangers couldn't even sign him until after September or something September like that. September 1st is when they could officially sign him. He could but go the over trans- and play as a trial. Yeah, but would the transfer window have been closed at that point? No, September the 1st was the last day of it. Okay, so he would have been able to yeah. get on that. Okay. They, they could sign pre-contracts and they could play him in two games as a trialist, but then he couldn't officially sign until oh, the see, very, but, very last day. But the, see, it, that, it, would have been, it would have been useless for him to show up at that point too. So this, obviously, the Rangers will see where they are in January. If they still want him, they're going to have to pay a transfer fee now. Yeah. So that, that's a good bit of business. 
And and the, and like you said, and at the beginning of the season, the Whitecaps can see where they are now, and they won't have to scramble in order to pick up somebody and, and bring them in halfway through the season like they did last year with so many players. And I think from the Whitecaps' point of view as well, it gives Martin Rennie and the organisation a little bit more time to look at him. He had a bad start to his campaign. He's come good this season. Who knows what he's going to be like at the start of next campaign. And if his age is starting to show and he's not playing as well, it gives the Whitecaps some room to get out of it as well and then bring in a new designated player. Yeah. Now, talking of designated players, something I wanted to mention is Nigel Rio Coker. When, when Rio Coker signed, all the speculation was he's coming on a $200,000 contract with the expectation that he'll prove himself in year one and then go to designated player level in year two. I don't feel he is playing anywhere near the level that would merit giving him a designated player contract. No, neither do I at this point. He is he, he has willed the team on a few occasions. When you're spending money on a designated player, you need to have some kind of creativity because there's so lack of there's a, such a lack of money um, in the salary cap that you need to spend that money on designated on somebody that has creativity who can create. Uh, attack and going forward and everything look at the uh, tfc they, they spend so much money on designated players that aren't able to do that so like for instance is the de guzman and uh torsten frings who you know they have offensive ability but there's not near enough to warrant a designated player status the, the thing that i find with rio coker is like the la game and the game against philadelphia today these were two games that he really needed to step up and show leadership and show that he is a class above a lot of these other players, and he hasn't done that. I don't know, though, if he's going to be willing to hang around in MLS on such a low salary. Maybe they do something where they do bump up his salary but use allocation to bring it back down. Um, use allocation money in order yeah, to pay all the, all the weird and wacky MLS yeah, rules. exactly. So before we kind of wind the show up, um, just moving away a little bit from MLS, let's have a talk about the residency. It was a kind of heartbreaking couple of weeks. The under-18s lost in the USSDA finals week. The PDL under-23 team lost in a penalty shootout to Portland in the PDL playoffs. How, how do you think the season went for both teams? Obviously, there's disappointment just now, but surely a lot of positives. Yeah, the residency, like we said before, they, they weren't uh, going to be favoured to win in that, in that tournament because there was so many things going against them. Uh, the USDA had clearly had a... Uh, reasoning behind putting them into such a tough group. The, if you almost look at it, the Red Bulls game was almost like a final. Yeah. Uh, and the, even the Albertson game was uh, uh, such a close game, 0-0. Those two games could have been easily classified as final-type games. Um, well, it, with the New York game, like New York gave them a schooling. It's like New York were a class act and they deserve to win the whole thing from yeah. the games that I saw. And from all the Whitecaps games we'd seen this season, I haven't seen them play as bad as they played in the games against New York and Albertson. Was it just the occasion, or was it just that they were playing two teams of a quality that they just haven't come up against? I think it's a combination of the quality and the tired legs and the heat and everything like that. Because that New York game was earlier too, um, in, in, in the day than the Seattle game was. So they were dealing with a little bit earlier, like a, more of a heat issue with with that game. Um, Albertson game, I think they, they almost knew they were out of it, and maybe there was a little bit of uh, 
you know, lost hope and everything. And, and then to pl- then I just want to follow this up with something that's the last game on Saturday. Why would you even play a fifth place game? I find it's that completely weird. useless. Like I, I don't understand that at all. Teams have already eliminated. All you're doing is exposing these guys to a fourth game in like a week. And Gordon Forrest played a lot of the fringe guys as well, although he did play his his kind of main strike force. But it, it was a sad way for a lot of the guys to end in the residency. But I'm sure we're going to see them with bright futures. And the PDL team that that was a tough one, but they were down to the bare bones, and they they did well even to get to the playoffs. The the thing is with them is they uh, were missing a few players because of the whole. Um, the reserve game being on the same day, so yeah, that was they. They really had nothing going for them, and they had they were had a lot of players that were hurt as well. Um, I'm not sure if Derek Bassey played. I can't remember that right now. But if he was, he was playing hurt. There were other a couple other players that were in there, and, and they could have easily had some, you know, backup with uh, some of the PDL guys. That, I mean, the residency guys that were kept up to play the reserve game. So th- there was definitely a lack of uh, uh, of manpower that they had in that game and they they took it to penalties which was amazing I thought so hopefully next season we, we can go one better and, and see what happens so just before we finish the show what's your prediction for Portland I think uh, they probably will come out with a draw I see them I see them bouncing back wow you're very optimistic yes I see them coming out with a draw and, and, and Portland is not I don't know what they did today but last week uh, drawing Philadelphia um, they're not looking as strong as they were in the in their heyday, so I think they might slip up a little bit against Vancouver. I am going back to my pessimistic self because when I was being pessimistic, the team played well. So I'm going to go back to that. I just can't see us getting anything from the game at all. I think we're going to be down to such a poor team. I'm going for three 0 Portland. Wow, which is going to be pretty depressing because I'm going down for a few days and yeah. It's not going to be a fun drive home. So that's it for episode 16, Sweet 16. There's a lot of Sweet 16s around at the moment because One Direction's playing across the street. So we're going to have to wrap this up early because Steve's away to that concert tonight. Yes. You looking forward to seeing Harry? Yes, whoever that is. So thanks for listening, everyone. Steve, if you want to tell people where they can find you online. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at, at WhitecapsBeat and I write for a couple websites, AFTN and Post America. I'm Michael McCall, and you can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. You can find our blog and Canadian soccer news by visiting AFTN.ca. If you want to drop us an email to chat about anything in the show, send that to AFTNCanada at hotmail.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Stitcher Radio. And if you go into AFTN, you'll find the app there. And if you go onto Stitcher Radio, you can download the app and listen to it on the move, in your car, lots of different places. So I want to thank the Old Wells for doing our theme tune as always. Sorry it's been a disappointing result and we'll be back again soon. So until then, safe travels and take care. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.